This episode of Talking with T-Bird, Catching Up with Julie Berry, is sponsored by our friends over at Echelon Fit, the evolution of fitness. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals, or feeling great about yourself. It's the brand new year. A lot of us have some fitness goals that we'd like to attain in 2021. Echelon can get you there. They offer the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. The Echelon EX7S is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX7S is a connected bike that is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX7S is the bike for competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. One membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you could try any Echelon fitness equipment in your home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash R-H-A-P. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash R-H-A-P. If you stay here and listen, your life will never be the same. Cause we are talking with T-Bird now. And this T-Bird you cannot change. Oh. Yeah, that's right. First talking with T-Bird of 2021. We're back here today. We're going to catch up with Julie Berry from Survivor Vanuatu. Very excited about that. And here is the woman who rounds up the survivors that are so tough to track down. Here she is, the great Teresa T-Bird Cooper. Hey, Robin. Happy 2021. Happy We're getting a fresh new start. Yes. A fresh new start. Yes. Well, yes. T-Bird, how, how are, are you? Yes, I'm good. How are your holidays? Are oh, you glad they're over? I'm so glad. January, it's my favorite month of the year where the <laughs> holidays are in the rearview mirror. And now we can get back to work. No, in all seriousness, I really never stopped working all through the holidays. It was uh, kind of a blur. Not really a lot of downtime for me. But I feel like that hopefully... In January, I have the chance to uh, not have like all of everything I have to do for work and also the holidays on top of it. Exactly. So I've got to ask you this because we talked about our our. I don't mean holiday. to start off so negative, T Bird. I'm sorry. We started, just, no, no, no. You struck we started a nerve. Out, we yeah. We talked. I know, but it's kind of a nice. I mean, I love the holidays, but when they get behind us, it's like okay, it's kind of nice that the stress of that's behind us. It get all the Christmas stuff down or the holiday ornaments down. Did you wait until after January 1st? Because, you know, it's kind of a tradition thing. It's supposed to be good luck if you leave all your your tree up until after the new year. Did you and Nicole leave your tree yeah, up? Yeah, I took it you down did? uncharacteristically late this year. I think I pr- it was probably 
between New Year's, uh, maybe it was even January 2nd or 3rd, uh, it took me until to take everything down. I just got so busy with like, uh, we didn't stop podcasting. That's good. Hey, job security. That was good. That, so, that was the good part. Yeah. Well, that's good that you left it up till January 2nd or 3rd because that's supposed to bring you good luck in the oh, new year. okay. Now, yeah. But now for me, it didn't happen quite that way because as you know, we put up, our Christmas tree, our real Christmas tree at pretty much the beginning of November. So mm-hmm. you can only imagine the state of the Christmas tree by the end of Christmas. Yeah. By the end of December. Not good. So I thought we should go ahead and take the tree down. So we took it down the day after Christmas because I felt like either I gamble with having bad luck in 2021 or I gamble with a house fire at the end of 2020. So I opted to go ahead and take the tree down. Do you think I made the right decision? <sighs> at what point? <laughs> <laughs> I think there were several incorrect decisions that were made. <laughs> to get to this point. Yeah. I did tell I did tell Glenn I maybe should wait a little bit, maybe a little longer than the beginning of November to put up a real tree. So yeah. I did learn something. I did yeah. learn something, so we'll okay. see. All right. Well, I think we're going to learn quite a bit here today with uh, Julie Berry from uh, Survivor Vanuatu. Uh, was she somebody that was tough to track down? Uh, what What's the the backstory of like when you reached out to her? Did she say yes immediately, or was this a chase? You know what? I'm trying to think what it was that triggered. I saw something about Julie, and I thought, oh my gosh, Julie Berry would be fan. Fantastic. And as I was reading about her, looking at her Instagram, I saw that she traveled a lot and she's kind of all over the place. She was wonderful. I reached out to her and actually very quickly, which I was shocked about. She responded back very quickly that she would love to do it. But I'm telling you, Rob, the first thing when I told her, because I had to bring up RHAP and, of course, the great and powerful Rob Sesternino, she sent me a message back and she said, is he still doing that? I thought he retired. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That was priceless. I said, Julie, guess what? We're going to have so much fun. So from then, it was just a matter of scheduling, just trying to get our get our schedules together. So she was wonderful. <laughs> I really loved every, you know, reading about her and seeing all of her accomplishments. She is, you know, pretty remarkable lady. She's done a lot of stuff. All right. She's very driven. She's very driven. So she's going to be really fun to talk to today. Well, we will talk with Julie Berry in just a moment. First, let me take a moment and uh, thank our sponsor for today. And those are our friends over at ButcherBox. ButcherBox has a a great offer for you to start the year off right with up to 10 pounds of free meat for a limited time. ButcherBox is offering new members their ultimate keto bundle when you sign up today. That includes a pork butt, two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of bone and chicken thighs for free in the first box by going to butcherbox.com slash R-H-A-P. Uh, T-Bird, ButcherBox, believes that everyone deserves high-quality, humanely sourced meat. 
and they make it nice and easy for it to show up at your door. You never have to worry about, hey, do we have, Glenn, do we have anything to cook in the refrigerator? Don't worry about it. ButcherBox <laughs> is going to make sure that they always have something in the freezer. One less trip to the grocery store also, which is very important right now. And it's nice and affordable too, because every month ButcherBox ships you a curated selection of high quality meat right to your home and it's free of antibiotics and added hormones and each box has 9 to 11 pounds of meat enough for 24 individual meals packed fresh shipped frozen vacuum sealed so it stays that way you can customize your box or go with one of theirs it's a no brainer less trips to the grocery store and options like 100% grass fed finished beef free range organic chicken heritage pork wild alaskan caught salmon that's my favorite t-bird i, I love some good salmon Oh my gosh. So, so Rob, I was listening to this. I'm like, okay, I love the idea. Free range, grass fed, delivered to the house. I love all that. And I thought, I was thinking, I was thinking, because you said pork, ground beef, chicken thighs, da da da. I'm like, oh God, but we love fish. We eat so much wild caught fish. And there it is. Yes. Yeah. And I love, I'm a salmon person for sure. Butcher box. So forget about the sugar nitrate free bacon either. It's the way meat should be. Butcher box is the most affordable and convenient way to get healthy, humanely raised meat. With Butcher box, you get the highest quality meat for about $6 a meal, and they even have free shipping nationwide except to Alaska and Hawaii. So start the year off right. 10 pounds of free meat. That must be a misprint. No, that's what it says. 10 pounds of free meat for a limited time. ButcherBox is offering new members their ultimate keto bundle when you sign up today. You don't have to be on keto either to get that bundle. It includes the pork butt, two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of bone-in chicken thighs for free in the first box by going to ButcherBox.com slash R-H-A-P. That's ButcherBox.com slash R-H-A-P. All right, T-Bird. Are you ready to take it away with Julie Berry? We're ready. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Okay. Season nine, Survivor of Etowatu was played with a cast of 18 players with two tribes and divided by gender, a battle of the sexes. The Yasser tribe did not disappoint. The remaining seven players had only one male in the mix, Chris Daughtry, which we know went on to win the game by a five to two vote. Today's amazing, well, Actually, fascinating guest was the smart, sassy, beautiful, adventurous girl we saw on our screens for 36 days until she was voted out by someone she thought she had formed a bond. This young 23-year-old was well above her years. One castmate of hers telling me, quote, I love the calmness and maturity about her. I could tell right away she was bright, confident, and probably a lot of fun. End quote. Before being cast for Survivor, she had been accepted into the Peace Corps. But as her casting rep told me just last night, quote, she was on the show from the second we got her tape. This girl was smart, gorgeous and outdoorsy. It was unreal. She was perfect. End quote. This Native American born in Lewiston, Maine, was adopted and separated from her only biological sister when she was five years old. This may have shaped her life's work and passion as a behavioral interventionist for children who have been adopted and facing social and emotional challenges. She would get a Bachelor of Science in Family and Community Development 
with a minor in psychology from East Carolina University in North Carolina. She describes herself as restless, playful, and reflective. I would also add independent, self-assured, strong, focused, sensitive, compassionate, adventurous, driven, goal-oriented, to name a few. She played a game at 23 the way she lives her life now at 40, with conviction, with a lust and fascination for daily adventure. This proven by the Guinness Book of World Records, she set for the fastest time to travel to all seven countries with a time of three days, 20 hours, four minutes, and 19 seconds with her travel partner, Casey Stewart. There has been graduate school. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist, TV producer, associate professor, only to name a few of her vast accomplishments. Oh, and yes. She did catch the eye of our very own Jeff Probst. How could she not? Her natural beauty, sassiness, her passion and zest for life, love and adventure, caring heart mixed with a compassion for others, especially children who have been adopted. Her castmate, Lisa Keeper, said, and I quote, she is a sensitive, deep thinker, and some guy is going to be very blessed to end up with that beautiful girl End quote. I am honored to introduce to our RHAP listeners the girl who is so much more than just a pretty face, Julie Berry. <laughs> wow. That was quite, I, I've never Were you been ready introduced. for that? <laughs> well, someone's been reading Wikipedia. It's so interesting. It's like, it's been however long since Survivor, so there's a lot of time in between. But uh, yeah, wow. Thanks. <laughs> that was a good recap. Yes. Julie, so nice to have you here to talk and catch up with us. Uh, Julie, what was that Guinness Book of World Record that you set? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. T-Bird said um, countries, but it was seven continents. Oh, oh gosh. It's like, yes. what seven oh countries gosh. did you get to is the fastest? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I did a Guinness Book. A buddy of mine, Casey Stewart, who was on The Bachelor. Um, we just like kismet and he was like, Hey, I've organized this whole thing to do a Guinness book of world record. Get yourself to Australia. I think you'd be a good adventure partner. And we pulled it off and we were, and we were sponsored to uh, go to Antarctica after. So we spent a week in Antarctica after completing the Guinness book of world record. And that was in 2017. Wow. And how fast did you do it? We, we did it in we did it in 92 hours. We were aiming to do it in 72. But when we got to Chile, they had they stopped flying planes to Antarctica for the the previous five days because of weather. And so we didn't know if we were actually going to make it. But yeah, they uh, they flew us out the next day. Well, I think your record's going to hold for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, who's who's going to bother to go do it? <laughs> I think you're good for a while on that one. So congratulations. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Hey, Rob, it's, uh, Rob and Julie, my husband, who I don't think ever pays any attention to me, just came in and slipped me a note that said, hey, she traveled to seven continents, not countries. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I'm getting corrected. So that's fantastic. Julie, what are you doing right now? I mean, as much as your love of travel and adventure, what are you doing now with all this COVID? I mean, how are you satisfying the thrill of that, the thrill of adventure right now for you with travel? Well, it's interesting because 
I feel like a lot of people associate, they're like, how are you ever going to settle down? Or how are you handling this pandemic? You're like such a free spirit. And like, well, the thing is, is like, I always will have a sense of adventure. And of course, I'm just adapting to the times and travel will eventually be there again. And it's always going to be part of my life. So I'm just, you know, I've been working so much during this pandemic, which I think is ironic that TV is a priority to shoot right now. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've been I'm working in post right now from home on a design show. So and I just shot that in the field before flying back to Maine to work in post. And then before that, I did Love Island. So it's just been, it's been nonstop really for me. Yeah. What do you mean you did Love Island? That you were involved with the production of Love Island? Yeah. So the, Rob, I was thinking of this. The last time I was on your podcast, which I don't know if you have a date for that, but that's when I had just transitioned into working in TV as a producer. I remember I was just about to start Bachelor, which was my first, or maybe I had just finished Bachelor. So yeah. That was my first so, day working in production. So I have I've been doing it as if if you're thinking of this the same show, uh, it was 2012. Yeah, 2012. Does that the sound right time. to you? Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so that's when I transitioned to working into TV. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't even know this about you. Yeah. <laughs> I did Dancing with the Star. I was on Dancing with the Stars for five seasons. I did Bachelor. Love Island. I worked on the Leah Remini show. I've been, so that's what I've been doing. And I got really burnt yeah. out doing that. And so then I traveled solo for a year after that, did the Guinness book. And then I was like, I'm not sure this is my life's work of working in TV. Um, but then I ended up, you know, I'm, I'm back in it. And the projects yeah. I've done yeah. since then have been really cool and rewarding. And so, you know, for, I don't think everything has to be forever. So, but the, right now that's what I'm doing. <laughs> And what role do you have behind the camera? Uh, a field producer and story producer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Julie, look at you. Yeah, it's fun. We just did this design gig, which I usually do. I mean, some competition, but like Bachelor and like just more story development. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, hey, wh- why did you leave therapy? And I'm like, it's similar. It's just less responsibility yes. in a way. Julie, <laughs> oh, I, I'm so jealous because we talked about this with Katie Gallagher when we talked yeah. to her mm-hmm. a couple of months yes. ago. And yeah. I had been saying, I said to her was that, th- th- that this is like my dream job to go and do uh, that kind of work on a reality show. Like once upon a time was my dream. Job. What would be? OK, I, I get it. Totally. What would be your dream show to work on? Dream show to work on? Hmm. Yeah, because the content matters. Are you I feel like I don't know what show you would want. Like Shark Tank or something? <laughs> mm, I don't know. I, I think that seems. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. She didn't, I don't know if there's enough story there on Shark Tank. Mm, I don't know. You get the backstory of this, like why this person developed it, and like you pull for them, and then are you pulling for their product? And then mm-hmm. I don't know. It could be interesting. Yeah. Julie, hey Julie, as a producer on the on these reality shows, are you do you like it better to be in front of the camera, or or do you like it better behind the camera? Do you or, or would you rather be the competitor? I haven't been I haven't been in front of a camera for since Survivor, so I'm right? definitely going to opt on behind the camera. Yeah, I'm just it's been really interesting and fun just to be part of a huge production which is just appealing to me a bunch of different personalities trying to make something happen and then tell these people's stories um that's that was the draw for me and that's what i like to do and then just to figure out the whole machine it's such a massive machine and now that i'm in post 
I haven't done post. I'm usually a field girl. And that's just like being with the talent, being in like the heat of it and getting everything that, you know, the story needs. But now that I'm like behind in the edit, it's, it's crazy. I'm learning so much and it's very intimidating. But I love, you know, I, that's part of my personality. Like I just like adding something new to the tool belt. I'm like, oh, okay, now I can do this. And then I, you know, I like expansion. Which shows have you enjoyed working on the most? What's been your favorite? Dance with the Stars, Love Island, The Bachelor. Which one have you enjoyed? Will, for me, it, it's about the team I'm with. And so it's not necessarily... The content of the show is fun. But I also feel like once I master... Like I was on dancing for five seasons. And I was like, okay, I get this flow in this format. And now I want to switch it up, you know? But like some people, they'll, they'll stay in like Survivor's a show where people stay, they stay like they and mm-hmm. that, that's a testament to the team, I think, because people enjoy it and it works. You, you work well with other people. But there's some shows that they just like cart you out. They'll like hire you, get rid of you. They always get rid of their team. But like the cohesion of a team is really important. So I had, a, I had great teams on Dancing with the Stars, Love Island, super fun. This design show, I made some really great connections. And then that's that's how you build in this industry too. It's it's all about who you've worked with prior and them recommending you. And it's just word of mouth, really. Do you feel like that you have insight into producing that other producers wouldn't have from being somebody who has also had the experience of being in front of the camera and being a participant in a show like this? Perhaps. I mean, if anything... I would relate to someone because obviously I went on when I was, I went on Survivor when I was 23. And so I was just, and I was so new to that world and just being naive about it. I mean, in that way, I could probably relate and, mm-hmm. and have like a sensitivity to it. Um, but in general, I think, I think my interest in psychology is more supportive to that role for sure. Yeah. Julie, why did you apply for Survivor at 23 years old? Where were you in your life that you said, hey, I think I'm going to apply for this? Uh, I had just graduated college and I had gotten orders to go in the Peace Corps and I read my orders and it was pretty, I I remember being kind of freaked out and like my internal clock or not clock or whatever it was, my inter- my intuition was like, eh, this isn't hitting fully. And so I made it, I've always watched Survivor and so I just made a tape and on a whim and got on all right so julie in your intro i told you about talking to your casting representative agent last night which i did yeah so i have to know first and foremost what did you do for your audition video because like i said when they first saw your tape you were in you were (laughs) as she said you were ots yes on the show on the show can i ask some some backstory was it is it kelly goldsmith is that okay i was gonna say because t-bird has has never before said oh i talked to your casting person it makes it sound like she has access to like your permanent record i know Trying to sound official for you. <laughs> I'm trying to sound official here. No, but because so, I, I just I remember you? when Kelly was on that she told us that she had actually worked in casting, and then this was like the era that she was working in the casting department. Yeah, yep. She was my girl. She was um, your girl. Yeah, I'm just so thankful that my tape doesn't exist in the ethers. That's all I know. <laughs> um, 
I just was, you know, young and flirty and just hit the bullet points of why I thought I'd be great on the show. Mm -hmm. I think being from Maine, being Native American, being single, being flirtatious is what what did it. Just hitting a demographic, you know. Did you know, um, Julie, that Kelly actually pitched and got five of you guys on the show? But she told me that you were the easiest sell that you were oh, automatically wow. in. I know. She actually also did um, Amy Kusak, who I know you're really good friends with. And by the way, she said Amy was also a pretty easy sell. But she also oh, did, yeah. she did Brady, Chad, and Brooke. Oh, wow. Yeah, great. She's, she did great. <laughs> yeah. So she no longer does casting, right? She's an attorney and she's a professor. Yeah. She's got a lot oh, going professor. on. She's yeah. got a lot going on. She's quite, she's quite impressive. Like you are, Julie, oh, like okay. you are. Had you applied before? Was that the first time you had ever applied? That was the first time. So yeah. you had seen the first, you had seen the first few. Had you watched them all up into Vanuatu? Uh, yeah. I was a faithful, faithful fan. For sure. And my dad had applied when I was young. I think I was 18 and I helped him make a tape. And then, um, yeah, I think I, I just specifically remember watching your season with Ethan and thinking, I'm going to do this. And I just did it on a whim. What was your favorite season until we got to your season? Ooh, gosh. I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Africa, probably. Oh, I love that. There yeah, I love that. I'm gonna go. Yeah, with that it was a- just because of the location and the cast. Um, those those two things really did it for me. Yeah, I remember having like a massive crush on Ethan too, like when he won. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when did you wait? What? When did that air? I wonder how old I was. Oh gosh. Okay. Let's see. It was, was twenty. It was yeah. twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. the fall of two thousand one. Oh, okay. All right. So you would have been 21? I would have been 20. Yeah, 21. And Ethan, at that, how old was Ethan? Like 25? I don't know. Maybe. He was young. Yeah. So, Julie, whatever, after Africa, you no, know, everywhere I went, everybody that would know me, I'm from a small town, everybody wanted to know about Ethan. So, <laughs> yeah, I know. He's he, a stud. He is. And he, he's, have he you met him? He still is. He still yeah, is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I've met he's, him. He's great. He's a sweetheart. I met his uh, wife as well. They're so cute. They live in uh, New Hampshire, so yep. they're super close. And the last, I was here in the summer, and we were going to get together, but then you know, COVID, and so we didn't. But uh, yeah, we keep in touch just loosely. Yeah, he's a great guy. He is a great guy. Great, great representative for Africa. That's for sure. Yes. Now you've watched them. Have you stayed? Uh, are you watching all the survivors? Have you stayed? I have. I'm. Them. I'm loyal. I've. Yeah. I've watched them. Oh, I didn't know this, Julie. What? That I still watch. It? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it... unless I've been, because I, whenever I travel, I probably still just, you know, obviously you can access anything these days. So mm-hmm. I think I've, I've kept up with everything, unless I was working or something. Like I'm trying to think. I was in. Oh yeah, I was in last. Yeah, last year I was in Fiji right after. Uh, Survivor wrapped because I was shooting Love Island and the psychologist from Survivor, Dr. Liza, who I'm pretty tight yes. with, was uh, ended up being the psychologist on Love Island. And so we uh, we caught up and it was really great and special to see her. But yeah, I just 
um, that was shooting. Yeah, I've, I've watched all the Survivors for sure. My favorite recently. Is that the next question? No, I was actually oh. going to ask you, were you disappointed that Chris was not on season yes. four? Yes. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, I just think it's I mean, I'm actually curious, Rob, what do you think? Why do you is it just that there's been too many? They like have their country. They have like what three or four good country boy winners that they're like, oh, okay, Chris is old, no one's gonna remember him. So we'll just put the more recent yeah. JT or whatever. I, mean, I, I feel like that the show really never embraced Chris as a winner for whatever reason at the time. And I don't know, like sort of like whether it's sort of like you know, somebody says it and then they just like is like a snowball effect. But I, I just feel like that people felt like that he was not like a warm and fuzzy winner at the time. Uh, Tom Westman comes right after him and I feel like that they're much more right. like see oh this is like what Survivor is about I, I don't know why the show was kind of out on um, Chris just as a winner it's just he maybe uh, just was not like as uh, TV friendly of a of a personality as some of the other people that they wanted to celebrate and then they, it seemed like that they just never have looked back at him for whatever reason no I think you're right I think he was almost before his time because now it's so like i I think you're totally you just nailed it because he was a little more cutthroat back then but Mm -hmm. now it's like that's all survivor is but he was also i mean he's so warm and fuzzy and great and like i don't know i yeah i think he would he would do great and kill it but you never know the all the politics too of it yeah well i know you love chris and you, I, I remember from I when I'm we biased. talked, it was almost 10 years ago, but I still remember you talked about how Chris was part of your soul family. He is. He is. He was such a, like, you know, when you meet people in certain journeys in your life, Survivor being one, where you just like, that was a transformative person in my life, you know, just through our relationship. And I just love him forever. Yeah. And he also, you know, wronged you in the game, too. Yeah, he totally did. Well, he, yeah, he outsmarted me and I was young and I was like, I was way more focused on like interpersonal dynamics and like probably healing my own like love wounds instead of like going on and like trying to win. It's just youth for me. But like, I look back and I, he just killed it. He like, he did amazing. He deserved everything and winning and all that good stuff. How do you think he would have done in the winners at war? Because the old school players did not end up doing that great, where it seemed like that they did not fit in as well with some of the more recent players. It's true. Yeah. And I don't know like how much of that is just like being on the wrong side of the numbers, but I think he would have done great. Obviously, I'm biased, but he's so intuitive and he's he's way more than what you see with him. And I I don't know. I think he would have done great. I would love to see him play again. You stayed in touch with Chris, Julie? Oh, yeah. I stay in touch with Chris and Chad, uh, Amy, Eliza, Leanne, Dolly, but mostly Chris and Chad and Amy. Yeah, I feel like your cast is generally pretty close as opposed to like uh, a lot of the other casts where, you know, maybe one or two people keep in touch. I do feel like that that's like a close group. Yeah, it, it and they said that when we were out there, even though they say a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were. We were, we're a good group. We are a good group. Julie, I reached out to, to a few of your castmates and one of the <laughs> quotes, the couple of the quotes that I read were from Lisa um, Kiefer. 
So yeah, that's so interesting because like I didn't really. I mean, I I started with her. She's very sweet, like, and I love what she said. Um, but I don't keep up with her yeah. at all. She's and then we were separated. Like I I don't even remember whenever we did the tribe thing. She, you know, she was early on, and then she got voted out. So and it and I'm sure you guys can relate. The the later you're on, even when you're watching it, you forget about the beginning. <laughs> A little bit. It's like different world, but that was very sweet of her to say that. Yeah, she, you know, she she also told me that um, even though you were young enough to be her daughter, you you certainly didn't make her feel that way. But listen Aww. to this: as many years as it's been, she actually remembers a conversation that sticks out in her mind that y'all had. Um, she said that you were asking her questions about the relationship between her and her husband mm-hmm. and how she knew he was the one which is perfect you know for a family therapist you've got it the way you are I would see why you would ask questions like that but she mm-hmm. said she just remembered thinking just what I said that she thought you were so sensitive and such a deep thinker at 23 years old so yeah she, I mean I, I attribute that to just like probably my upbringing and being adopted and just being curious about love and relationships and family and you know i uh, yeah i've always been that way it's just like yeah so she she's she's right she said the only thing her only regret her only regret concerning you was that she felt disappointed when she um then you were disappointed with her when she voted uh mia out and she said she hated that she didn't have the opportunity to stay in the game longer with you to explain why that was her decision so that was uh, yeah, her regret Mia with was, you. Oh, that's that's sweet. Yeah, I, Mia was my girl. But, you know, you get to a point in that game where you're just like, you're just trying to get by every day. So I yeah. didn't really take it personal. And then she was gone. Julie, I'm so fascinated with your story as far as when I read that you have a sister that you were separated from for a lot of years and read that how life-changing it was for y'all to come back together. If you're comfortable sharing that, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. Um, my Yeah, her name's Leah. And we were separated. We were, you know, we had the same parents and then we were in foster care. And then we were adopted into different families and grew up apart. And so I found her right around the time after, I think it was right after Survivor, I found her or maybe right before. And then I had left anyway, around that time. And um, yeah, it was huge for me because she, I mean, it's hard to understand, I think, or relate, I guess, if you, if you grew up with obviously your, your biological family. And so I grew up, with not around my biological family. So I'd never really seen anybody that looked like me that had same mannerisms as me. And even regardless of that, I just felt such a a connection with my sister when I first saw her. And, you know, we still have our, we still have our stuff. We still have our karma that we're working through. Mm -hmm. Like she grew up very different than I did. Um, And she, she has her own battles. And so, you know, we work through, we're working through stuff. It's just like a kind of a, a never ending relationship of trying to sort, sort out, you know, our love and healing. But um, my sister is great. I love her. Are y'all, if, even though y'all grew up in separate homes, are y'all similar? Are there a lot of things about yeah. you that 
like I well to answer your question, Rob, we're Irish twins, so she's 15 months younger than me. Okay, and uh, yeah, I I think I think we look a lot alike, and we have the same mannerisms for sure, which you know is pretty pretty epic to see being separated, and it's its own study and in, in, in like uh, what is it, nature versus nurture, and just you know like. I'm wondering how deep I want to go into her stuff, but <laughs> um, yeah, just to like to to learn about her and how she grew up, and then like the the str- the struggles she has now, and then how the environment I grew up in, and then to see our similarities, um, it's fascinating. It's it's really it's good stuff. Where does she live now? Are y'all in the same area? So she. Uh, I ended up moving her out back in the, like right after around Survivor when it aired, I moved her out. She was in Connecticut and now she lives in California in Los Angeles with her partner and her daughter. She actually worked on Survivor for a season as a dream teamer. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. In the Cook Islands. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Now explain explain to people that don't know what a dream teamer is. A dream teamer is uh, a set of young, fun uh, adults that run the challenges for just tech issues or just to figure out if it works and and how long it's going to last. It's just like the dummy, the test dummy group. And then they do like they just they're kind of like PAs too, and like they just help in all different areas. But their main task is to. Um, mimic the cast through these uh, challenges or tribals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Julie, what do you think is the most, I know you mentor a lot of, or have mentored young, young kids as far as what's the best advice you can give them or the most important, helpful advice that you can give to these atop, adopted children that might face emotional and challenging issues. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I, like I try to stay away from generalities. I would, I would talk to the person. I think giving your presence to somebody is the best thing that you can do. Whether it's mentoring a teen, whether it's being in a partnership, whether it's being in a relationship with yourself, and just giving that presence and listening, because I think there's there's a lot of voids in that area, especially with adopted children or like whatever. If you've gone through whatever trauma it is, it doesn't even have to be adoption. Um, just you know, being present. Yeah, I'm sure that's helped you probably deal with everything that you went through as well. You and Leah being separated, helping others with that, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's just a helpful tool and a daily reminder that we all should have. You know, it's like just being grateful and present who's in our life, like being present and grateful for you guys right now. And, you know, whenever that is, whether Rob, you're with your kids, you're with your wife. Yeah, it's just, oh, wow. it's just fun. Look yeah. at us. We're just here Aww. talking shop. Like, yeah. It's fun. Yes. Julie, yeah. thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for that, Julie. Yes. Yeah. Julie, have, have you and Leah come back together with your biological parents to meet them? Or I ended up doing all the legwork of finding all like my biological parents and Leah. And it was interesting because Leah, Leah was pretty much saying she wasn't, she would, she's like, I never would have looked for people. And I think it's just a personality. And I've talked to some other um, adoptees um, 
who are just like, yeah, I'm fine. I don't need to find anybody in my past. And it's like, for me, it was a no brainer. I was like, I want to uncover everything. I just, I would, I need to know. I want to, I want to experience that. So it's, it's an interesting topic. Yeah. But you were able to set that all up? Uh, I, well, my father had, my biological father had passed, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, I met my biological mother, um, and Leah, Leah as well, obviously. And then we all met as well. Wow. Was that helpful? Was that helpful for you and Leah, Julie? For sure. I think it's just another, I think as an, as, as a kid, I would fantasize about that you know wondering what that would be who they are you know i had all these questions and so to to finally like get that experience in current time and place and just to learn about who who my mom was who she is who my sister was and who she is now it was really helpful just to kind of put put an answer to a question mark you know Mm -hmm. yeah for sure. Yeah. Julie, how did you become uh, such an avid traveler? Um, I think I love this transition. <laughs> um, I think that I've always had that spirit within me. Um, I'm so curious about other cultures, other languages, other lands, places that are different than I am. And you know, I actually, to tie this together to what we were just talking about, I think because like whether being in foster care or like being like all of a sudden, if you think about being adopted and being put into a family where you know nobody, having that sensation applies to me, like being just so free willed to go and like explore like oh, go to Morocco or go to mm-hmm. wherever. And people are like, that's crazy. You're going by yourself. And I'm like, I, I, it makes sense to me. Like there's something about it for me that just, it hits home and I'm comfortable and curious about it. Um, so I think it's just always been in me. Julie, of all the traveling that you've done, what's your, your favorite country or that you enjoyed the people and the food the most? What would you encourage once the world opens up and we start traveling again? Oh my God. Well, first of all, I think it depends on your own inclinations of like, I would say go to the places that you're interested in. Because for me, Nepal was always on my list. I always wanted to go there and it felt so far away. And then finally, when I decided to just hit the road uh, and travel for a year, I started in, I started in New Zealand actually with Amy and and Eliza because Amy lives there. And, and then I just went on my own adventure for the, for the rest of the year. And I loved Australia. I could actually live in Australia. <laughs> I love it so much. And then from Australia, I went to Nepal, and I just and I just fell in love with Nepal. It was hard; like it's it was so different than anything I've been used to. But it was also so lovely. Like everything around that culture is about um, celebrating being alive and and meditation. And like every corner, instead of here at Starbucks, every corner there is like a meditation temple or something to remind you to be present and um also you know the buddha buddha was born there and then like you got the himalayas it was just like a triple threat for me i just loved it food was great the people are just so adorable and and so welcoming i so i always rave about nepal but it's not for everybody i also love morocco i love the patagonia was a big one for me that i wanted to go see just because i love hiking um 
Oh, let me see. Oh, I also loved Peru, which I was like, ah, Peru's so saturated. Everyone goes to Machu Picchu. I don't know if it's going to be my thing. It's very touristy. But then when I got there, I just, I, I love the Peruvian people. I love the food. I ended up staying a month and um, the Machu Picchu did not disappoint. I was blown away, even though it was very touristy, but it was stunning. It felt like I was in a dream. Lynn and I went down there that that area. We weren't fortunate to stay for a month, but we loved it. You know, everything yeah. was it's the prices are so reasonable. The food, everything was just was wonderful. It's it's you have to really want to go there because you know it's it's takes a little while, you know, with different planes and to get there, but it's definitely worth it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I would tell like for because I, I started I left Antarctica and made my way. I'd never been to South America. So I made my way all the way up from Antarctica through Peru. And it just felt it's like South America feels very accessible in general just to explore all these different countries, you know, and I don't know. And maybe that's similar in Europe as well. But it just felt like, oh, wow. OK, I'm going to go Argentina, Chile, Bolivia, Peru. And it just if it, it was easy. Does Leah have the travel bug like you do? Has she done or have y'all done much traveling together? We haven't. We talked about taking uh, my niece, her daughter to Japan because she really loves anime and all that stuff. Um, But, you know, I think it's different when you have kids. Yes. And um, yeah, I don't honestly. No, I don't think she does have the same thing as me. Like she really she's more into like music and like this her, her things, but not necessarily travel as much as I am. Where is your next place to go? Where do you want to visit that you've not been yet? Uh, I want to do South Africa, Japan. Tibet is really high on my list. Um, Those three, I would say. I was just wrapping up Design Star, the show that I just shot. And a buddy of mine was like, hey, Naked and Afraid, they're going to South Africa. Send me your resume. And I was like, oh, God. And then they're going to the Philippines. This is all happening like this last month. And I was like, I'm, I'm already committed to something. But that was really hard. Julie, we mentioned earlier Katie Gallagher. Have you met the crazy Katie Gallagher? Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. Because she had worked on what it wasn't Naked and Afraid. What was the next one after that, Rob? It was um, something Naked and Afraid. Uh, was it XL? Yes. Oh, Katie yeah, yeah. had worked on yeah, Katie had worked on that one. I think she really, really enjoyed it. So Yeah, I'd watch I mean, honestly, I t- if it's a show in South Africa, I would go. You know what I yeah. mean? Like naked and afraid, fine. But like, am I gonna go to South Africa and spend a month there? That sounds great. Well, is this a really ideal to work in like, reality television where there's so many of the shows that film in all these international destinations that it's like a good excuse to get to all these places? Yeah, but typically, I mean, I not while I'm working, like when I went to Fiji for Love Island, I ended up staying a month after and like shooting over to Australia. Um, but usually I like to tack on some time after when I go to these spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, otherwise, it's like, I don't really I mean, yeah, it, it would be nice to get out during quarantine and that the show is specifically going to be in South Africa or the Philippines. But um, otherwise, I'll just travel there myself, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is, it's, yeah, that would have been cool. Especially, I think South Africa seems like a big one for me. And so, yeah, it would have been cool to get acquainted with the place and then kind of like do my own thing. But hey, that's already done and gone. So I'm going to have to go on my own now. Yeah. What's in South Africa? Why do you want to get there so bad? 
There's just, as I said before, there's just like, there's some places that call you. I don't know if you have that for yourself, but mm-hmm. that's just always been one for me. Yeah. Well, I, wish I, I wish I had that. Well, why though? If you don't have it, then why do you even, you know, I don't know. It? Cause I feel like, uh, that, uh, you know, a, an inferior person that I, I don't have that more. <laughs> no, you have other things. <laughs> Do I? You have your thing. You have your things. Yeah, whatever your yeah. things are, then they're just as valuable. They're just ta- tailored to you. <sighs> yeah, I don't really have yeah. a, any like a wanderlust, Julie, and I and I feel like I'm getting less out of this experience than you are. <laughs> Do you feel like it's because of the kids? Like I feel like when you have kids, you enter in a new phase of life. Is that and you're it? Like, maybe, Absolutely. and then when they're also they're also younger, so it's like you're not going to be able to like think about oh, we're going to go on this expedition or this adventure like you're going on camping trips maybe or like but then uh, you julie, know julie julie yeah. i have to stop i have to stop you there julie i have to stop you there he has never taken his two boys camping hey okay i don't julie, yeah, talk I, to him talk to him do they even want to go camping though maybe not that's really yeah yeah exactly <laughs> what do they want to do yeah um like video games Right yeah, off. I mean, they'd like to go places. You know, it's been a little challenging lately to to right. get to go anywhere. And you know, also, I don't, I don't know if Nicole. She says she wants to go camping, but I don't think that it's in practice. Like uh, when we get out there, uh, she wanted to go like glamping. She wanted to like yeah. uh, rent like an art, like a like a glamorous <laughs> RV to go around and go camping. I'm, I'm not not doing that. That sounds so fun. <laughs> Julie, me driving the RV around is not going to go well. There's a show in that somewhere. Yes, oh, yes, no indeed. Doubt. There. Hey, Rob, you need Katie and Julie mm-hmm. to be producing that of your family in an RV. Yes, yes. that would be a big one. We could use Ooh. Julie as the family therapist to you know help us get through that experience. <laughs> I would love it. I, I'm in. Count me in. We'll be right back with a lot more with Julie Berry. But first, we have a word from our friends over at ZipRecruiter. It's finally a new year. Time to reassess your business goals for 2021 and determine the resources you'll need to achieve them. That's where ZipRecruiter.com slash survive comes in. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites with just one click. It's like how I go and I say I need a guest for talking with T-Bird and T-Bird goes through hundreds of survivors trying to find the perfect one to bring to you. That's what ZipRecruiter does. ZipRecruiter's matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to send you the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you, and you can stand out from the rest of the competition. It's so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash survive. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash survive. S-U-R-V-I-V-E. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash survive. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And now back to Julie Berry with Talking with T-Bird. Julie, I want to ask you about, I hope this is okay. I want to ask you about the really important survivor man that was in your life. I hope it's okay. Tell me about the history of you and Bob Crowley. Bob 
Crowley. Um, he. <laughs> Wait a minute! Yeah, you weren't he supposed. Was... I was. You weren't supposed to think I was going in that direction, Julie. <laughs> it was a misdirect. I didn't know. Yes, which, was... I, I didn't know if you were going because, like, Aris is one of my best friends, and I'm godmom to his baby, so I didn't know. Like, I was like, "Where are we?" Okay. Um. Yeah. Do you really want to hear about Bob? Yeah. 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 Who, who did you just say? Aris is. Who did you say? <laughs> Was one uh, of your RN, good friends? R.S. Boschkowskis. Yeah, he won. Which one Maybe was Maybe T-Bird, you might know him as Otis. Uh, oh, okay. oh, you know him as Otis? Because I was saying R.S. because that's like the old. How everyone... I, I thought you were saying initials. So, oh, I, you know, no, no. <laughs> I'm like, who's that R.S.? Who's that? Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Uh, right. Yeah, Bob was Bob was uh, my high school teacher, and uh, then he was on Gabon and won Gabon. I haven't seen him since I've been in Maine. Actually, I've been usually when I come back, I'll go. He's got an island, and it's pretty sweet. He just loves burnt, like making huge bonfires, mm-hmm. and um, he's got. I hate like outhouses, but he's got the best compostable toilet there. <laughs> I always remember that specifically, and uh, yeah, he's just an all around fun yeah. guy. How was Bob as a teacher? Yeah. Um, I honestly smoked so much weed in high school <laughs> that I don't remember. <laughs> no, and I was a good student. I was, I was, you know, I just, I was like a little chameleon, but yeah, I smoked some, I smoked a lot of weed back then. But yeah, I think he's exactly wow. how he is now. Like, I remember him being fun. He always wore the bow tie, very smart, you know, like he was just, he's interesting. He's an interesting dude. What was your reaction when you saw him on Survivor? I loved it because I just love the representation of Maine. And then on top of it, the personal story of knowing him um, and just that he's a good guy, Mm -hmm. you know, and and just rooting for him. I was just rooting for him. And then look at him. Pulled it out. Look at him now. Yeah. Yeah. Look at him now. (laughs) 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 Are you still in touch with Justin, your um, best friend that came on the loved ones challenge? Oh, you know, we we keep in touch. Um, I always feel like that was maybe the one area because this is I always remember Lynn Spillman, who everyone knows she cast for Survivor. Um, she was like, I'm so bummed I didn't follow up because I had met my sister. I just met Leah. And she was like, I should have put Leah on there, but I don't know why I didn't have her. Like they make you pick three people. Mm-hmm. So you don't really know who's gonna show up. And uh yeah, I think Justin Justin was like my college buddy who we always watched Survivor together. And but I remember Lynn being like, that was my one, that was my big goof with you that I should have put your sister on. I mean, that would have been amazing. Yeah. Does she have a call yeah. in who your loved one gets to be? I think so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, may, back then. Yeah. I mean, it's, in terms of story, that that made more sense, mm-hmm. you know, instead of having Justin. But um, yeah, I just remember her telling me that and then thinking, why didn't I just like, maybe it was too new. I think my sister was having resistance anyway of just like, I just came into her life and she's like trying to keep up with everything. So maybe I was just being protective of her about it. But mm-hmm. yeah. So she was on, she was on your list of three. She wasn't on my list of three. I don't even remember who I had she as the wasn't. other two. No. Oh, okay. But maybe Lynn's... she was. I don't know. Maybe she okay. was. I, don't, I actually don't remember. But okay. But Lynn's the one that said she wished she had. She would have overridden more. Yeah. I, yes, okay. Exactly. I gotcha. Well, yeah. oh, well, that's okay because there's always blood versus water. 
too. Yeah, well, that yeah. Work. yeah right. Imagine that. Wow. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julie, uh, it was so great that we got to see you. It was, I think it was the last time I left my house at the 10 year anniversary for Rob has a podcast that, uh, that was so nice that we got to see you that night. It was so fun. That was, that pretty much was the last, that was in March, right? It was mid-February. February, February, yeah. Yeah, that was a, that was a good party. I remember it was a premiere though. And so I had to go back and like watch the actual show Mm -hmm. after that because it was just one big shindig. But yeah, I, so when T-Bird reached out to me, I thought (laughs) that you were, I thought you were retired. I I thought that was your retirement party or something. I thought this was done. And so I was confused about it, but yeah, yeah, no. You throw a yeah. killer party. How great would that have been if it would have been 10 years and then I would have just said, hey, I'm, I'm throwing the big retirement party and now I'm getting out the game. Yeah, exactly. That would and have been T-Bird sweet. is You'd taking over. You'd be road tripping in the RV right now. Yeah, I'm handing the reins to T-Bird and I'm out, everybody. Rob, when I reached out to Julie, of course I've got to throw your name out there in RHAP because who wants to talk to me? So when I told her your name, RHAP, I'm like, you know, usually that carries a lot of weight. And Julie sent me a message back and he said, is is he still doing that? I thought he retired. Oh, Julie, this is going to be fun. (laughs) Julie, how old do you think I am? I mean, is is it about age or is it about accomplishment? I don't know. There you go. Okay, right What here. else would I do? <laughs> I don't know. What else do I you want? I have nothing do? else going on. <laughs> That's true. I know it's pretty sweet you still got this gig, right? Like it's for I feel fortunate to be working. Like you're still doing this. Yeah. Like, good stuff. You're doing what you love. Yeah, maybe if I could go like be an intern on a reality show, maybe one day I could be uh, a story a editor. Yeah. Oh, a story. No, you wouldn't want to be, you wouldn't want to get into the edit. That's like too heady. Like, don't you want to be in the field? Yeah, like, what do I want to do? What's, the muck? Yeah. You want to stir the muck. You want to be like, you want to be a segment or field producer. Mm, yeah. That, that'd For be sure. good. That's what I'll go into next. But I got to start at the bottom. It's hard. No, you don't. I like jumped right in at, for Bachelor and was a segment producer. So I didn't have to do any PA stuff. Yeah. So I guess, Julie, once you get your foot in the door, then you're kind of set with people reaching out to you for all these different shows. Yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, for sure. It's just a snowball effect. Like the more you work in it, the more network you have. And and then there's always some show. There's always something. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's good. It's it's a good gig that way. But it also isn't conducive to like, I mean, if I'm working these shows, it's it's. I was working this last one design when I was actually staying with Jody. Oh my God, I'm going to botch her last name. She's in casting. Winchell. Winchelsky. Winchelsky. Yeah. yeah. Winchell. God, she's going to kill me for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I was staying with her because she was like, I was shooting in Palos Verde and she's in Redondo. Um, but it's just, it's, it's relentless. I mean, you're working like, 16 hour days and so you know i don't i don't see like i'm i just turned 40 in december like in the next phase of my life like i don't know if i necessarily see like shooting 16 hour days and like working like this but i don't know what it really looks like at this point julie with you saying you just turned 40 and by the way you know i've researched you a little bit you're as beautiful now as when we saw you at 23 on survivor I read your your Dalton Ross interview, of course, and you said that one of the things that really stood out when you got back from playing the game was just the excess of daily life. So now that you're 40, I want to ask you 
two two part question. What one thing do you not want to be without? What one thing, and what do you do? What's your some of your beauty secrets? Okay, let's. What one thing I would not want to be without? Okay, let's start with beauty secrets. Okay. I um I honestly feel like drinking ayahuasca is my beauty secret. Wow. Okay. Hi, does that get a ding, Rob? Is yeah. that what? Tell us a little bit Here's more about that. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think um, I think honestly, what keeps people young is being in their heart space and being youthful and like being less attached to all of our burdens that we could easily just anchor on. And so when I drink, when I've like uh, gone and sat with a shaman uh, and drank ayahuasca, I just, you know, they say it's 10 years of therapy in one night. And so it's just, it's very freeing. And then a lot of people after I was just like, wow, you look different or like lighter. And, you know, I just think it's like a psychological free freedom that represents in your body, you know, like all of our traumas that we carry in our body show in our age or how our body moves or like, and how youthful we are. So that's been something that I swear is my secret to a lot of things. Honestly, it's, it's been the most important thing I've ever done. And is it just once or you've done this multiple times? I've done it multiple times. Yeah. T-Bird, would you consider that? Rob, Rob, so, okay, uh, I was trying to hold back, but now I can't hold back any longer. Julie, for the listeners or the people here on this podcast that might not know what that is. Yeah. Ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. Could you please tell us? Could you please tell us what that is? Because can, can I do that? Yeah. I, get drug, I get drug tested with Delta. Can I have that ayahuasca? Because I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> okay, so it's a plant medicine from the Amazon, and so it's oh, it's a there. leaf. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. They they mix a leaf <laughs> with a root, and it's in a brew. It's like in a it's in a ceremonial sense where they make this brew, and it's a tea. It's like a thick tea, and um, it's a psychedelic. In, in terms of like our world yeah. but in terms of like the indigenous people it's a healing um spiritual experience and that's that's what it that's what it was for me as well and i'm native american and so there was a part of me that definitely all of me actually that connected with back with my roots in that sense um but yeah it's a healing modality and if you think about our society now it's a lot it's fueled by prescriptions and and drugs and and some people might say oh well that's a drug but if you look at the the history of it and that it's natural from mother earth, that it's not synthetic. Um, there's it's, it's, it's really magical stuff. All right. So Julie, I got to figure that's going to show up on my drug test with Delta. So uh, I no, like I actually don't think it does. So there you go. T-Bird. It, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Rob gave me a ding. Yes. All right. No. What about you, Rob? What do you know about? What's, I mean, obviously you, know, you were in the Amazon. So, no, so have you uh, heard of it? I've never, I've never uh, done this. I, I am scared that I think I would have like a bad experience. Mm. <laughs> what, I hear you. I hear you on that. Like, does that I think happen that's to common... people? Like, uh, I, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things that I don't, I don't like. Clowns. Uh, you know, you creepy stuff. Yeah. Surprises. So, you know, like yeah, surprises, for sure. Julie. I think that's yeah. Well, I think that's a common. That's a common fear. Um, but I think what's important is finding you don't want to go to like you don't want to go to like an L.A. shaman 
in Topanga and drink. I I mean, some people do and that Mm -hmm. works for them fine. But for me, it's like sitting with a lineage is is uh, the, the most important part that it's just like anything. Who are you spending your time with? Who are you opening up to? And do you trust them? And is there there's a lineage there of you know, I, I, I met the shaman and thought, wow, I'm, I feel connected to this and I'm called to it. But if you're not, then yeah, definitely don't, don't do it. Don't, it's not going to be good. If you're like seeking something and someone's like, oh yeah, you can drink that down the corner. You know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that, but um, yeah, it's intense. But then also like with your fear of, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to have a bad experience. Well, what's a bad experience? Are you seeing something that you're not ready to see? Are you experiencing part of yourself that you're scared of? I mean, there's there's so many ways to go into it that, you know, yeah, all that stuff can happen. Wow. Yeah. If you're glamping, though, Rob, you might want to yeah, consider I would, it. Uh, yeah, do it. To get out of that experience, I'd say. <laughs> At least, uh, try anything to alter this reality and try to change things up. <laughs> Julie, when (laughs) you were in Vanuatu, that they served you kava, is that right? Right. And is that anything uh, like that? No, but similar in terms of that, it's a plant medicine, where in that culture, it's honored. It has its like, I mean, it's, it's, they actually don't serve women in, like, I remember because we were gender divided Mm -hmm. and the women couldn't drink the kava, the men could. Um, But it's just an honorary, brew that a lot of people in that culture like the men after they work they'll come instead of having a beer they have this kava and then when i was working on love island which is in fiji they have kava as well and so i actually drank kava there and i was like god this is great like it's it's just like a natural kind of it's so subtle but it it like calms your nervous system it's like it's the intention of why people go to drink after work Mm -hmm. because they're like oh so stressed i need to change But like for this, the kava was just like, oh, okay. You were drinking a root. It tastes it tastes gnarly, but if you like earth, it doesn't taste that bad. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty chill. I liked it. Did you let Chad know when you were hanging out and drinking some kava? <laughs> I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I love that you remember that. He got wasted. I don't even know how that's possible. <laughs> I mean, he got wasted. I don't know how much he had to drink that night. I wasn't there, but I mean, I can't even. It, also, it could just be his sensitivities as an individual, but mm-hmm. I mean, or he drank so much, but he was out of it. Yeah. And he was describing it like he was trapped in his body, but mm-hmm. he couldn't, like, he couldn't articulate anything, which kind of sounds like a nightmare. Whoa. Right. <laughs> Julie, do you have any uh, particular like uh, favorite moments from when you went to go play in your Survivor season? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think it's like any time that the camaraderie was there and the tribe and that we were doing well and that we won or that we the, the times that we struggled and we made it through. Like there was one night where it just that was actually the night Chad went to go drink kava it poured all night and it was so uncomfortable. And I just remember, wow, this like really shows how, how I deal with adversity. Like, this is a tough situation. How am I going to, how am I going to be like, am I going to laugh? Like, this is uncomfortable. Are we going to stick together and like be a team and get through this? Or am I going to be miserable? So that was a good one. And I remember Chad got back and I had like, cause we were trying to keep the fire going. It was pouring and I like burned his checkered thing that he made, checkers board that he made. And he was pissed about it. But I was like, dude, you have no idea. We like barely made it through the night. I had to burn anything in sight. Like, but um, 
yeah, that was one night. And then just, I mean, the whole thing's pretty rad. You guys know, like when you look back on it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Julie, did any of the challenges that you did stand out in your mind? Uh, yeah, the, the really tough ones do for sure of just, oh my God, a lot of the water ones. Like there was one where Leanne almost, you know, she couldn't get through it. She had to quit. She forfeited because she couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like that when you go into that mode of like, you can't stop. Like that would be, I was like, you can, there's no option. Like if I go to the gym now, I'm like, eh, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. But like when you're out there, you're like, I can't stop. I can't, I can't just like my body's done, but I can't quit on my team, you know, is what always was going through my mind at least. And luckily I never had to. So that was fine. I know you're going to remember this, but I, I really wanted to, to share this with you. I talked to, um, reached out to Twala. Oh, just about any I know any kind of fun story. And so this was a perfect way for me to transition into the challenge is what she had said that there was a lot of things that come to mind. But the first thing that comes to mind was the challenge when you had to move the puzzle pieces in the ocean through the rope course. Right. That's the one that Leanne almost, Leanne had to forfeit. Yeah. And then Twala said, I couldn't have been more proud of her if she had been my own daughter. And she said, she said, I don't think to this day, Julie even knows how proud I was of her at that moment. She said it was a tough freaking challenge. So that was the one, that was the thing that really stood out in her mind. Um, But she just said throughout the game and everything that you've done in your life since the show, she's just so honored and proud to call you her friend. So she sends you much love. That is so sweet, Twyla. Yeah, I actually yeah. just recently reached out to her because one of the professional dancers on Dancing with the Stars like r- randomly texted me and was like, I'm watching Survivor. Apparently everyone's watching Survivor now that it's on, what is it on, Netflix? Pluto? Yeah. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that, those, there's two seasons that are on Survivor Netflix, but uh, that, you, oh. You, the, oh. the, that you could also, there's that they show just random Survivor seasons on uh, Pluto TV. Is another thing, right? Then it must be Hulu, Hulu, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, he, Mark Ballas, and his wife text me, and they're like, "God, we just love Twyla." And so I was like, "Okay." I've, I wrote Twyla. I was like, "You gotta write Mark and BC and send a video message because they're just like loving you watching this season." Um, but yeah, I reached out to Twyla then. But that's very sweet of her. Yeah, isn't that, that isn't that really neat? How people are gravitating now to the Survivor seasons. You know, yeah, it's really neat, isn't it? It is. I love it. It's it's kind of crazy, especially when you turn on the very old old seasons. It looks like you're watching a relic. It's like what mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going on here? Yeah, it's fun, and it's fun to see how the show's evolved. And yeah, yeah. Hey, Julie, I've asked this question before in the past to some of our guests, Julie, but I really, really want your feedback on this. If, when and if uh, Jeff was to retire, because you know, you've seen Jeff in his element, you know how passionate he is about his game survivor. Who do you think would be a good person to try to come closest to filling Jeff's shoes? Oh, wow. God, are you going to give me like A, B, C, and D options? No, I mean, no, I mean, I was just—I know a lot of people have kind of not a lot of people, but a few people have mentioned players in the past that might be good to fill in his shoes. Um, you know, right? I I think, think, Twyla, right? I think, Twyla, no, Twyla. 
No, Twilight needs to play again, but she she wouldn't even want to host it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Julie, Rob, Rob, Rob doesn't like when I say this. I think Rob no, C, that, our very Rob C, would be. I know, no, but no, that's no, not no, a that's realistic like the, possibility. That's the obvious. Yeah. No, it, it, why it's wouldn't so it be? Obvious. But that's like, yeah. Um, it is obvious. <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's not a realistic possibility. Like I, I, I wonder, like uh, what, what kind of decision it would be. You know, uh, if if Jeff would ever uh, leave, do you do you think that he would ever stop hosting the show before? Uh, you know, in, in, at any point. God, I, I have no idea. I have no idea what or how that would be. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't. It's also like people resist change. Like even to imagine watching Survivor without him on it would be weird. I think, but then yeah. you know, people also adapt yeah. really quickly. And if you have someone good, then maybe you'd be like, oh my okay, gosh. Julie. Hey, and the great example of this, and you tell me how this is just Dancing with the Stars, the new host of Dancing yeah, with the Stars. I I mean, people are resisting it. So people are really, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people are resisting her. So, all right. So how do you feel about the, the adjustment? How do you like the adjustment and the change? I only watched one episode when I was staying with Jody. Um, but I also it's just so weird because they're dancing and no one's in the audience. And then I mean I love Derek Hoff as the as a judge. That was great. But Tyra, I don't know. I mean, I honestly didn't watch enough to I just think it was I just I think it's weird, right? Like all of a sudden I thought her outfit choices were pretty bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I know that's tough for me to for me to put you on the spot like that, but since you know, that was, seemed like a good analogy. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I'd have to think about who would be good. It's got to be someone who is very articulate, someone who like is is knows the psychology of the game or just psychology of life and why people do things. I think someone has to be really curious, like and authentically curious about human nature to do that job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I don't know. He's, he'd be a tough one to beat. Yeah, he would, be. would be. Julie, could you tell us about your experience uh, living through the earthquake in uh, Vanuatu? Was that a big deal when you were out there or was it sort of played up more for the show? Uh, no, it was a big deal for sure. And it was my first one. I had not. I I grew up in Maine and then went to university in North Carolina. So we didn't have earthquakes. So it was my first one. And I don't remember how, how I don't remember the point that what, what do they call that when they measure it? <laughs> Richter scale. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know the Richter scale on that, but um, yeah, it, it felt like the earth was opening. And I just remember we were under all the palm trees and I remember grabbing Eliza and telling her to run to the beach. I do because I didn't want the coconuts to fall on us. Mm-hmm. But I do remember like a lot of the cameras were down, like Leanne was getting interviewed or whatnot, but I felt like it was a break in the camera. So watching it, I'm like, oh, they didn't get like the best stuff because I they they weren't on it. I think it was just like middle of a note, nothing going on day. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty trippy. Lisa was tripped out about it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. Why? What was she doing? What she was just, she was shake she was on the other camp, but I just remember when you watch it, she's just like, I was shaking, and like her hands are still shaking at the challenge, like the afternoon after. <laughs> Um, but now that I like live in LA, I've been through, I just sleep through them or I'm just like, okay, is this it? you like, you don't have time to plant. You're just like, am I making it through this or not? And right before it gets bad and then it stops. And you're like, okay, I guess I'm still, still here. Still kicking. Oh my God. Right. Rob don't, I mean, what's, 
What's it like for you? I feel like I haven't been through, uh, you know, the knock on wood. uh, That I feel like that, uh, you know, I've been here for, you know, 15 years. I feel like I haven't uh, had anything too uh, rough yet. Well, right. Yeah. And that one wasn't that bad. I mean, it wasn't like the Northridge one or I mean, it was, you know, it's been all stuff that I don't know how to compare. I'm sure we've had one in L.A. that Mm -hmm. would compare to it. But it was just so foreign because I'd never been in one. Mm hmm. Yeah, it feels like the earth is opening up. It's pretty trippy. Wow. Right now, did you say you were in Maine right now? You're not in California right now, Julie? Yeah, I'm in Maine. I'm about to go ice skating, guys. Whoa. Very nice. Yeah, I got to get outside. Very nice. Staring at the screen working. I'm even working on the weekend. So I'm just, I got to get outside and do do something. Because also the sun is setting so early. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Julie, I really appreciate you making the time for us. When I started, you know, when I reached out to you, you know, we have a few things in common. You know, Kelly G, Kelly Goldsmith and I, we have her in common. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I work, I'm a flight attendant with Delta, so I do well, quite a bit of traveling for my job. So, like I said, with you Love and all that. the traveling you do, I know it. But also, and I'm a psychologist. I majored in psychology. Oh, but, super, oh I didn't know you? this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I majored in psychology. But, Julie. You and I were both voted out on day 36. Day 36. I, I, yes. I Googled you before and I was like, oh, we got 36 in common. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. So <laughs> there's that. I love it. Well, thanks for reaching out, guys. Thanks for like asking some good questions and getting in there. Yeah, we try. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Okay. Two birds on fire today. Thanks for sharing your uh, story about Leah, because I think that'll touch a lot of the listeners. And so, and again, after looking and reading all about you, you've done so much. I mean, you've done so much. You're not just a beautiful girl, nude sunbathing on the beach in Vanuatu. I mean, seriously, there's so so much to you. I still do love a nude beach. I still love it. It's just something about it. All right, and well, I'm an earth baby. That. It's an yeah. earth baby vibe, you know? You just want to be one with the earth and the sun. Oh, I know what. Speaking of this, the last Same. thing I wanted to ask you. Me too, well, Julie. I'm a worshiper. <laughs> Rob, yeah, I was I, waiting I, for you on that. <laughs> I didn't want to disappoint. Yeah. <laughs> what about you're a light worshiper? What does that just quickly mean? Because I know you want to get out and ice skate. Oh, yeah, but wait. I did. What is that on? Where do you see that? Where did I see that? I don't on know. I've got, I've yeah. got notes everywhere. I've got notes hacked all your phone, Julie. <laughs> right, light worshiper. <laughs> uh, yeah, of just that for me, light wor- worshiper means finding your inner light and just fostering that light and seeing it in other people and fostering it and turning the darkness into light. There's so oh. many little analogies. I you thought you were going to say you have seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> You know what? I probably do at this point, being in the cold. I don't know how I grew up here for this long. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Julie. Julie, thank you so much. Yes. I hope we don't wait this long to chat again. Well, now that I know that you watch every Survivor season, we have to look you up more. Yeah, let's do it. I okay. love it. All right. Julie, Julie, you have beautiful energy. Aww, beautiful energy. You. Yeah. you do too. You, have, you are something else. You're like a firecracker. I love it. Uh. Julie, you're the yin, you're the yin to Rob's yang. <laughs> Very so yang. Hey, that's me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Julie, do you want to uh, give out your uh, social media or anything like that? Uh sure. I mean my my name is my Instagram, 
And then I don't even know what my Twitter is. I'm not really on Twitter. I guess Instagram is yeah. the one that I, that happens, I use the most. Happens to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to uh, the best of us. Yeah. Except for you, you got to know. I bet you know your Twitter. I'm still there. I'm still there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Julie, thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Bye. All right. Thanks, Julie. Bye, Julie. Bye. Yeah, T Bird. There you go. Julie Berry. Yeah. I just kicked my podcast bell onto the desk. Yeah. No, take it easy. I take bet easy. you're glad about that, too, aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. Julie is fascinating mm-hmm. yeah she's, uh, fascinating. she's a very interesting person yeah oh, she's done so much in her 40 years i mean shoot mm-hmm. she's always looking for the next thing and the next thing I, I love it i love it like i said i love her energy i love her spirit yeah it's just it's a great spirit yeah she's a uh, very interesting person she's got a lot of great stories so uh, another good job t-bird of uh tracking somebody down Thank you, Rob. Well, coming out. She's of like a real Carmen San Diego. She could be anywhere in the world. You were managed to find her. Yeah. She's she's a world traveler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's a world traveler. So, yeah, I, I I didn't again like a lot of our guests. I just know them like a lot of the RHAP listeners do from their season. Mm-hmm. Whatever you see on that season, whatever editing they get is what you see, and then. I started looking at her being a family therapist. She's got a master's degree. I'm like, good grief. This girl's amazing. And and, and not even forget about her doing the um, Guinness Book of World Records around the uh, seven countries. I mean, continents. Yeah. Good. That's okay. I was just confused. I was confused. I like that Glenn is standing by to give you any sort of like corrections. I know. I knew you really would appreciate that when he sent this <laughs> big note in because I didn't even know he was paying attention at all. So yeah. obviously, I got to better watch what I say yeah. about him. Let me just tell you, T Bird, in uh, almost 11 years of podcasting, never once has uh, my significant other ever come in to uh, fact check. Like, uh, actually, <laughs> uh, yes, uh, I have a card here. I'm sorry. Uh, Colby won four immunity challenges. Uh, in- <laughs> survivor in australia yeah she, i bet she slipped a note out of the door saying hey it's your time to watch the kids get on downstairs has yeah. she done that mm, yes yes <laughs> yes it's like in this yeah. podcast right now get down here like all right all right all right this is you're embarrassing me in front of my friends god yeah oh okay. that's funny t-bird what's next for you I wanted to tell you, thank you so much. You're such an enabler. I love you for it. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you. Thank you for the huge tin of popcorn and the fruitcake cookies <laughs> that you so generously sent me, even though you tell me I cannot eat during the podcast. Again, I love you for, for being an enabler. Thank you so much. <laughs> Wonderful. You're oh, very and welcome. guess what else? Yes, yes, yes. Um, Glenn got me yes. for Christmas. One of my gifts was the truff. Hot sauce, one of your sponsors oh, on, the, on the talking yeah. machine. For real. For real. Yeah, what, do you it. like it? He, yes, I do. Because remember, after we finished the podcast, I said, Rob, I love hot sauce because I do. And when I opened it and saw it, I thought, hmm, this is interesting. He goes, You know, you know where this came from. You know where you saw this. So it was from one of your sponsors. How cool is that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Truff.com. <laughs> Check that's out. right. Yeah, so, it's yeah. just really good. Yeah, uh, they've it's got really some uh, yeah, great hot sauce offers. Yep. So, do you like it? Is it good? good? 
Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Okay. The, the white Let's truffle. It. Yeah. It, it, the fun thing about it was to hear it coming because you have such unique sponsors. <laughs> so just to, to <laughs> hear way to put it, it yeah. to have it under the tree, it's like, oh, okay. It mm-hmm. just felt right, Rob. It just felt right. Yeah. Good. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, big uh, shout out to Glenn for listening to the commercials. I guess he's more in tune to these podcasts than I thought he was, right, Rob? Yeah. Yo, I love it when he like uh, writes to me on Twitter. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what about you? What's What's going on with you? How are you doing this 2021? <sighs> yeah, I'm uh, doing okay. It's been gonna... been, been up and down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So starting out a little crazy, but hopefully it's gonna it's gonna smooth out. We hope so. We hope so. We hope so. Um but yeah, it's fine. Uh T Bird, we started a brand new series on Rob Has a Podcast. We have asked our listeners to rank the all time top forty seasons of Survivor. And once a week we are going through and looking back at one season of Survivor. This week we talked about the fortieth best season of Survivor, which was Survivor Island of the Idols. Uh, do you want to yes. guess? I, and I don't know what 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 week do you think we'll be talking about Survivor Africa? Wait, you seriously don't know that? I don't Where, know. Um, you know. I don't 40, know. You, no, I only yeah. want to know one week ahead at a time so I know what to watch next. Really? Yeah. Okay. So out of the 40, Island of the Idols came 40th. Okay. 40th. 40th best. Um, yes. 40th. Africa. Oh, wow. Some people call well, it know, Africa. Uh, oh, yeah. Africa. You know I want to put it high because you know, I always want to sure. put your season high, but I was kind of trying to, with what I've read... Um, I think people have warmed up to it more over the years because it came out at a really bad time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was released at a really challenging time for our country, to say the least, with 9-11. I think people are warming up to it more as far as the environment. But with that being said, blah, blah, blah. Just answer the question, T-Bird. Okay, so I'm thinking, Rob, out of 40, I'm going to go to 20. And from 20, I'm going to go either to 18 or to 22. 22. 22, okay. Number 22. We'll see. We'll see what we'll okay. see when it's on. All right, now you get to guess. Do you tell me what you think Africa's going Africa's going to be? You said uh 22 out of 40? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a pretty Is good that guess. Too high? I, I think that's Is a pretty that... good guess. I don't know. Uh we'll see. There's uh a lot of reverence for it. Yeah. Good winner. I, I, we got a great winner. Ethan being the great winner, that 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 always don't you think yeah. that actually I wonder plays if it could into sneak it? into like nineteen. I would love that. Mm-hmm. That's a big swing. To, That's top half versus bottom half. I would I would love to see that. And again, so Rob, don't you think the, the winner of the season actually, you know, people think about that if they love the winner or if they were disappointed with the winner? Do you think that makes a difference? Um. In some ways, uh, I, I think I think it can. But, you know, we have talked about and, and this week, just to give you a heads up, we're talking about the 39th best season, which has a, a person that people consider to be a, a, a great winner of their season. Maybe not everybody rooted for this person, but we're going to be talking about Survivor Redemption Island, which has a very strong winner. Uh, but it is regarded as the 39th best season of Survivor. That's going to be coming up uh, this week on Wednesday night. Oh gosh, Rob, just to, I know I should know this right off the top of my head, but I don't. 
Winner of 39, Boston Redemption Island. Boston Rob. Oh, yeah. Okay. Boston Rob came back for the, was it, he came back for what, the fourth time? Yep, I yeah, believe you're he right. He came back for the fourth time and went on to win. But that's pretty high. 39 is pretty high. What do you mean it's pretty so, high? Like, uh, I mean, it's the 39th I mean, best. Yeah. I mean, 39 out of 40. I mean, if, I mean, because, okay, so for Amazon, where do you think you're going to rate for Amazon? Because you would probably yeah. rather, rather not be 38. No, You'd I don't think it'll be, be 38. I, I think it'll probably 20. be a little bit like overinflated because of like the uh, RHA people. I, I bet it ends up like around like 14th best. Whoa, 14 out of 40? Yeah. You think Amazon's going to be better than Africa? I think so. Because of what? The cast? It was a great cast, by the way. Yeah, the I, cast, I just I, I think that it is a little bit less of a straight shot. There's a Survivor of the Amazon, I think, has more twists and turns, where Survivor Africa is much more of like, you know, okay, there's Lex and Tom and Ethan, and nobody's going to stand in their way. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. All right. So let's, I, I wrote it down, but you're going to have to remind me because I won't find my notes when it comes time. You're saying Amazon's 14 and I'm saying Africa's going to be 22, but then you said, hopefully maybe it'll go to 19. Hold on. I got a guess for Amazon then. So you're saying 14 for Amazon, 19 for Africa. I'm going to say Africa 22, but I hope it goes under 20. And I'm going to say for Amazon, 16. 16. Okay. 16. 16 for Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Who is doing the recaps with you on these? Different panelists. I've got uh, so uh, many different people that help me cover all the different podcasts. So we're mixing it up every week. So it's like somebody's holding the top 40 envelope. Oh, yes. Every so, week. yes. No, well, so, uh, that, yes. We have uh, uh, Sam who works uh, for RHAP and also uh, Kurt Clark, the yeah. tabulator. They're the only two people that know the order. That's like the accountants for the Academy. Yes, yes, and I don't want to know. For RHAP. I don't want to know okay. what the order is going to be. I like to speculate. And I guess when you find out, you're ready to go straight into the podcast. You don't have to research or do no, anything. I'm ready. Am I right? I'm, Am I'm I right? rewatching all of the, the I, I mean, I guess I'm going to rewatch all of Survivor this year. So when you just came out with Island of the Idols, you went in and watched the whole Yeah, watched the season? whole thing. Yeah. How long does it take you to do that? Uh, I did it over 24 hours. I don't recommend it. Wow. Are you learning anything new? I mean, it seems like you know this stuff. Yeah, but I mean, it's good to refresh it. You know, it's sort of a a little bit like I cram for a test. The the thing about me is like, I know it, and, and then I cram for the test, and then it's all in my head, and then I need to podcast about it, and then it all like falls out, and then I forget it again. Right. So All right, we gotta get yeah. we gotta get in touch with Jeff Probst and tell him he's gotta come up with some more seasons because we gotta have you moving forward. <laughs> yeah, this new stuff make would be you good. crazy. New stuff would be good. So check that out. That's gonna be on Wednesday. We'll have our uh, next episode of the all time top forty season rankings, counting down the hits, Redemption Island coming up this week with Frail Mary, Mary Kwiatkowski, and Jason Reed. Uh, we'll be all together on Wednesday night for that. And we just started a brand new also feedback show that's a patron exclusive. We got over 300 questions last week about Survivor Island.
president of the idols that it's not enough time in the panel to be able to answer all the questions. So we kicked off a brand new feedback show that's for our patrons, which you could listen to. And that is going to be dropped in our patron podcast feed. I did the first one answering more questions about Island of the Idols with Matt Scott. And that is at robinswebsite.com slash patron for access to our patron podcast feed, all of our patron activities that we do every single week, the patron five for five that I do with the first lady of podcasting and much more over at robinswebsite.com slash patron. Hey, Rob, speaking of which, this is something else you just reminded me of because I didn't even know this. But at the end of, I guess, at the end of the year, 2020, you had put on the top 20 podcast yeah. for 2020. Um, I and did the best of 2020. Yes. The best of 2020. Now, I don't know this to be for sure, but my husband, Glenn, yes. actually said, did you know that Katie Gallagher was one of the best yeah. Is this correct? That is correct. Yes. That we had yeah. we had a clip from a, the Tom Westman interview. And then we I also put in the clip of when Katie Gallagher called back. Okay. Because I didn't even know that. Once again, Glenn is following closely to RHAP. <laughs> yeah. He is actually, our number one fan. He, goes, he said, I'm sure you probably saw this. I'm like, no, baby, I did not see yeah. it. And just and a little inside baseball on that clip with Katie Gallagher. Uh, that happened. We got done with Katie Gallagher. I said, uh, uh, T-Bird, you know, I have to pee so bad. Can I go, uh, like, take a bathroom break? And then I came back, and then Katie <laughs> Gallagher was on the phone. And, and T-Bird's like, leave this in. Katie calls me. She goes, how did I do? I'm like, Katie, we're still on. I said, this is great. And then you came yeah. back. It I think the same great. thing happened in the Cindy Hall podcast or when, with Cindy <laughs> and Mindy, where I was like, hey, could we take a quick break that I, I just need to, that I drink so much coffee and then I do these podcasts. And I'm like, I, I have to pee so bad. Can we just take a quick break? And then I, I come back and T-Bird's like, leave this in. You got to leave this in. This is good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Leave, leave this in. Yeah. <laughs> That was fun. So, that was a lot of fun. Okay. Well, Rob, it's so good to be back with you in 2021. 2021. Uh, 2021. More talking with T-Bird on the way. You got anybody that's uh, a, a close in striking yes. distance? Ooh. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I do. I talked to them yesterday, and it is one that the listeners have been requesting over and over. So, All right. Yes. Got them, got them nailed down yesterday. I haven't told you about this yet. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. All right. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out soon. All right. Uh, T-Bird, where can people follow more T-Bird? T-Bird Cooper. I think, is that it, Rob? I always ask you what At it is, T-Bird Rob. T-Bird Cooper. Yeah. T-Bird Cooper. No uh, nude sunbathing pictures on T-Bird oh, social media. Well, you know, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do for Julie Berry's nope. video. And that's what nope. okay. 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 So, so Rob, so Rob, you brought this up because remember you helped me with Brandon. I'm like, what can I do yeah. for my Instagram video yeah. for Brandon? And you said the bow and arrow. It was I'm sure. like, oh my gosh, absolutely. So the other day I said to my husband, baby, I said, you, I got to do a new sunbathing for my next thing. He goes, no, you're not. I'm like, no, yeah. not, you don't have to see anything. It just has to be applied. No, you're not. You're <laughs> not doing that. And of course it's winter time. So I don't have to find a beach, but anyway, to be continued, if you got any ideas for Julie <laughs> Berry, this is a good time to throw them out there to me, Rob. Hmm. What if right you were now, like eating a bunch of berries? 
Mm, you sound like Glenn. He gives me ideas. I'm like, baby, that's not funny. Nobody's gonna want to even watch that one time. Yeah, There's uh, gotta be something else. I, I did. Did we talk about your Santa Claus video where that you uh, came down the <laughs> chimney to tell people to watch Cindy and Mindy Hall? Right. No, we had. I had to tweet that out. I said, look. T-Bird did not come down the damn chimney for you to not listen to this podcast. <laughs> I saw that. So, so listen to this. Before that came to fruition, I said to Glenn, what can I do? And I said, I got to figure out a way to come down the fireplace. So <laughs> we went in. I've got an old farmhouse. So they're old coal, coal burning. So there's no room to climb up in it. So that one didn't work. So he said, what? Like kind of like you and Julie Berry, me eating some berries. He said, why don't you just sit on my lap and just say, you know, I'm like, baby, that is not even <laughs> who's going to want to see that. I said, no, I have to be coming out of a fireplace. So anyway, that's how that happened. So I'm going to need some more creative, a creative producer, I think, Rob, between you and Glenn, because <laughs> come on now. We're trying to hype the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm sure you'll come up with something. Yeah, I'll come up with something. Yeah. Maybe you could just cut. Maybe you just cut to Julie Berry's Instagram. Like, uh, you you know Julie Berry from Instagram. Well, what about you? Mean just stand there and say that? (laughs) Well, go go to her pictures. Yeah. (laughs) Well, hey, she looks really good. I guess I could do that. Yeah. That would not be a disappointment. Oh, oh, Gilbert, I got it. I got it. What? What? Take ayahuasca. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so Rob, I think, you know, I just requalified with Delta this week for the next year through the FAA, and I still have a feeling that I could not get through a drug test. Julie Berry said it's okay. Yeah, yeah, but if it doesn't work out, I don't think I can tell them, well, Julie said it was okay. Yeah, she she is a licensed family therapist. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) My family therapist told me to do it. (laughs) Family therapist said it was okay. All right. All right. (laughs) <laughs> T-Bird, uh, you, you've done it here again. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, we will be back next time with more Talking with T-Bird here on Rob Has a Podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Bye.